Welcome to the GPS to Early Success podcast, where you'll discover career and life secrets from those who have successfully navigated the road before you. Buckle up and let's get to it. All right, welcome to another episode of the GPS show. Today I have with me Danny Z. He is a 10-year Army vet with three tours to Iraq and one to Afghanistan who used his woodworking as a tool to help cope with his PTSD. After serving in the Army, he job hopped a myriad of different industries trying to find what he wanted to be as a grown-up. He still hasn't grown up. As a father of three small kids, he's often referred to by his wife as her fourth kid. Welcome, Danny Z. How are we doing? Thanks for having me. Very good. Very good. Yeah, it's great having you on here. Absolutely. So uh, for those who don't know who you are, um, you had a little bit of overnight fame, which is how I discovered you. Yes. Um, yeah, we're, we're both on LinkedIn and I was just, uh, you know, cruising the news feed and uh, up came this picture of you with uh, your cover head to toe and like drywall dust, I think it was. <laughs> yep, drywall dust. I was in the middle of a bathroom remodel. Uh, yeah. and that was drywall day. <laughs> yeah. And it was, it was, it's a very cool picture and, uh, you had hats backwards and like you your goggles on and it's just mm -hmm. very cool. And then anyway, and then the paragraph, it talks about how you just quit your corporate job and you're going after your passion to, uh, do woodworking mm -hmm. and, um, and, and everybody was just applauding you like crazy. Um, I don't remember the exact number, but. I know you had over a hundred thousand likes on that post. Yeah, I think you there got was, over twenty five hundred, you know, regular followers now. Is that right? Uh, yeah, I believe so. I haven't checked the numbers. I, you know, none of it really was. Obviously, the post wasn't made for accolade or fame or anything. It was just kind of sharing my two cents on what I thought of the world, I suppose. Yeah. And uh, you know, I. I was that guy who fell into it when I got out of the army. I was like, man, the more money I can make, the, the higher up the corporate ladder I can climb, the, the better, you know, the, I want all the things, the fancy watch, the nice ties the you know, this, that, the other. Yeah. And as it came down to it, you know, to me, none of that stuff really does matter. I mean, I like having a, a truck that gets me by and, you know, the things that get me through life, but you know, the, the you know the the sales trips and everything like that that you know it just wasn't for me anymore mm -hmm. and how many years did you do it um i was in sales for five years and then before that i was everything when i got out of the army i uh i actually started at a harley dealership just pushing bikes around cleaning bikes you know for uh, barely over minimum wage sort of thing and uh Actually, I worked my way up to service manager at a dealership, um, ended up, we were a couple hours away from home, my wife and I, uh, and at that time, our, our two kids and, um, you know, being like two and a half, three hours away, it was like being on the other side of the country from our family. You know, we couldn't get family to visit much. And my wife was spending, <clears throat> excuse me, more time back here, back home than she was where we lived. So it was kind of one of those things where it was like, you know, as nice as it was, we had to find a way to move back home. 
so I took a gig with the post office actually. And I was a, uh, a letter carrier. So the guy was walking around carrying the mail. Mm-hmm. It was good. Uh, but there's, there's a lot of behind the curtain stuff with the post office that, you know, just not pleasant. Uh, but anyway, um, after that found myself leaping into sales and, uh, you know, that was kind of a chance thing where I submitted my resume at the right time and right place. And, uh, the right person looked at it and brought me in and, you know, kind of took me under his wing. And then from there I progressed and progressed and, uh, ended up shifting into a, a different sales company, uh, which honestly, I'd be amiss if I, if I didn't say that they were a great company to work for and sold a very good product, but sales just wasn't for me. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. I, um, I can't remember if I told you, but we have you know quite a bit in common because I was in uh, corporate marketing for almost 20 years and then burnout out real bad and just felt like I wasn't where I needed to be. And, um, so I switched over to teaching and education and, and, uh, yeah, I, I, I found a new joy there, you know, when mm-hmm. I started working with the kids and, and doing all that. And, and now I'm a, a career and technology education director, um, you know, sort of putting the systems in place to help the kids, um, mm-hmm. figure out what they want to do with their lives, discover their passions, discover their skills, find out what jobs can take advantage of both of those things and yeah, in the right direction, essentially just, making sure they picked right the first time. Unlike me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. So, um, I, know, I know the feeling. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so, so going, so going back to your, uh, you know, your big post, you said you didn't really mean for it to happen. You were surprised, <laughs> I guess, by how much everybody, uh, applauded you. Um, yeah. Uh, so, so what did the fame feel like? How, how did it change things for you? You know, it was, uh, very humbling to be honest. And it felt very authentic, you know, to me, what that said was there, I think it was like 104,000 people that reacted to it. Uh, you know, there was that many people, probably more who felt the same way I did. Absolutely. And, um, that probably hit home the most with me. And that's why I was like, well, maybe I should capitalize on this and, you know, continue to kind of send a message out of you can do it, whatever your passion is. If it's, you know, uh, something with it or something with the trades, whatever, take the leap. You know, every industry is hurting right now and there's, you could be much better off financially, mentally, emotionally, uh, you know, doing it on your own, being your own boss. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I read a stat somewhere. I've heard two different numbers. One says 65%, the other one says 80%. And that is the, uh, the number of people who are unhappy with their jobs. Mm-hmm. And they're both crazy high and it's really mm-hmm. sad. Um, and again, I was part of that number, you know, yep. 10 years ago. And, and, um, you know, people say, Oh, you're so courageous changing careers in your forties. It's like, you know, it really didn't have much courage, didn't have much to do with it. I was honestly mm-hmm. just like at the end of my rope. I didn't feel like I had any other choice but to quit. I mean, I just. Yeah. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't it, it wasn't like, a, oh, I think I'll do this and I'll plan it out a nice, easy step so that I transition smoothly because there was not a smooth transition. <laughs> mm-hmm. But 
Anyway, I'm glad that uh, that yours worked out pretty smoothly. And uh, yeah, you, you, you really should use this platform because, uh, yeah, there's nothing wrong with capitalizing on, you know, educating the, the world on something that's helpful to them. Mm -hmm. So, if you, yeah, if there's some way for you to put out a training or something that will, you know, teach people to discover their passions or encourage them mm -hmm. to to leave that job they hate or something they love. I mean, yeah, the world needs that. Mm -hmm. They do. I, you know, I mean, I don't know. I can't speak for people before me, but I know my age group, kids that I talked to since, you know, college is pushed so heavily, you know, you need a, you need a, an education to succeed. You need this, you need that. My father just retired uh, in July after 40 years of the meat purchasing industry. And he was like, you know, in all honesty, they can get three college graduates for what they pay me entry level. You know, it's, it, to me, I feel like it's kind of a fallacy. You know, you don't need college. You just, you need to bring something to the world of value, you know, and fortunately I'm, I'm creative enough and, and, you know, I think outside the box, I, one of the big things that I've realized over the past couple months is you get a lot of contractors that are just going to say, well, I can't do that because, or, you know, I don't want to make this because, and I, I'm the person they call and they say, can you make it work? I say, yeah, I'm going to make it work. And that's a prime example as I'm, you know, sitting outside the garage here, uh, building my brother's, you know, mobile meat smoking trailer. Um, you know, he keeps throwing ideas at me. I say, yeah, we're going to make it work. That's great. But that's exactly the kind of person that is needed in every industry. Mm -hmm. Now, whether, you know, whether you're, uh, you know, you're, you're building something or, or just asked to solve a problem in a corporate office by your boss. I mean, if, you know, your answer should always be, yes, I will figure it out. You know, yep. not make a bunch of excuses about why it can't be done or, oh, we tried that before. Right. Or, oh, it's not my job. That's... Right. <laughs> That was always one of my biggest pet peeves. We had people, you know, in every job that I had, you know, oh, well, that's not my job. Everything's your job. Yeah. You're getting paid it's by the company. Job if your boss says provide for the company. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was funny. Yeah, those yeah. Old corporate days, lots of stories. Mm -hmm. So uh, what, what was your first job ever? Ever? I was a produce stocker at our local grocery store. All right. Yeah. Arby's roast beef and, for me. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. I, um, the army aged me quite a bit mentally, I, I would say, um, or it forced me to grow up, um, that marriage, having kids, you know, you have these responsibilities of you can't goof off anymore, but, uh, you know, I <laughs> ashamed to say at this point, you know, I was fired, uh, because I goofed off too much. You know, I, yeah. Wait, hey, was that your, your first job? Yeah. No, oh, that's funny. I was about to tell you I got fired from Arby's too. <laughs> <laughs> I, I made it I made it 30 days and they said, man, we thought you might be able to pick up on this and speed up and work a little harder, but you're just not doing it. So you're out of here. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, it was my first job. I didn't know what to expect. You know I mean? Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I had a single mom and uh, she was kind of easy on me. I didn't realize that my bosses would not be like my mom. So, you know, I learned. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, yeah, I always like to ask the first job story because, um, you know, this this podcast is, uh, 
is really designed for you know late teens early 20s trying to figure out what to do with their lives in terms of mm -hmm. career and it's other life advice you know i like to uh to try to give them some wisdom help them learn from our mistakes you know sure. so they don't have to make them themselves so usually when, when we talk about our first jobs i mean they're like oh i'm in that kind of job right now so you guys really mm -hmm. do know what, what what i'm going through yeah you know and one of the things that i think is cool to you know look back and remember that is you know i think every every teenager starts somewhere like that you know my sister was uh a cashier at mcdonald's my brother i think he worked at the grocery store too and you know it as you grow up you just kind of realize that's kind of a rite of passage sort of thing mm -hmm. and you know it you don't have to wait or to be 18 to decide what you want to do as an adult, you know, like, I mean, I'm 36 years old and I just made this transition. You know, you said you were in your forties and you finally did your leap. You know, it's, yeah. you don't have to make a decision at that age, but if you have a desire for something, be sure to follow it. Right. Right. And try to find your desire as soon as you can, you know, so I'll, I'll mm -hmm. tell my, my students that, um, if you can figure out what you want to do for a career in your teens, then you don't have to waste any time working at McDonald's or Taco Bell or one of those places. You should go, if you want to be a veterinarian, you should go and sweep the floors or answer the phones at a veterinarian office and start yep. meeting some of the people who can help you with your career later. It's, it's still the same kind mm -hmm. of entry level work. I mean, you'll get paid minimum wage and all that, but at right. least you'll, it'll be a stepping stone. You know, you'll be able to see on your resume. I've been working in a veterinarian's office and in, in some respect for the last, you know, X number of mm -hmm. years. And, and it's, it's going mean, to, no one ever puts McDonald's or Taco Bell on the resume. I mean, <laughs> right. if they, and if they do, they need to take it off right now. Cause yeah. nobody cares. Nobody wants to know that. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you're going from McDonald's to Taco Bell or something, but yeah. right. Right. Or, or if you're, if you want to be in the restaurant industry, cause there could be some great careers, you know, as a general manager or a regional manager of a restaurant chain. I mean, absolutely. Mm -hmm. But, but yeah, but if yeah, you just just make sure you're in line with uh, with what you want to do later is what I tell mm -hmm. all the young people around me. Yep. So um, and you mentioned college earlier. I wanted to to add something to that. I, mm -hmm. I've read quite a bit on on this lately, and like if you look at the inflation rate of just general goods, groceries, and housing, and all that um, on a chart over the last 20, 30 years. And then you look at the inflation rate of college tuition on that same chart of that same timeline, college tuition just goes straight up compared mm -hmm. to like, you know, housing and food and, and all that. Right. And, um, and the way I've had it explained to me is that, you know, they, the, this business called college um, has an unlimited number of customers who are young and they are guaranteed to be, approved for a loan to buy your products yep and uh the government will make sure that you get paid you know one way or another so uh you know i, I guess they just gave in the temptation of why not jack up our prices because we have an unlimited number of customers who have un unlimited access to funds yep and, uh, so why not <laughs> so yeah. it's, it's, it's really just become not 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 affordable and and the, the return on investments is not not very good anymore right and it so I'm college ed educated as well. I have a bachelor's in business management from yeah, University of Phoenix. I 
uh, you know, when I worked as the service manager at the Harley dealership, uh, you know, like I said, climbing that ladder was all I was thinking about. And I honestly thought in 30 years, you're going to need a bachelor's degree to work at Walmart. You know, I mean, it's just, it's, it's becoming another prerequisite just to get your foot in the door at places. Uh, and again, I wouldn't have had my sales career without, you know, having that under my belt. Um, but again, it just, it paints this, uh, unrealistic picture of you need it to be successful and you really don't. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm pretty sure most of the stuff I learned, I learned on the job after I got mm -hmm. my college degree, but the college degree to get my foot in the door. Mm -hmm. um, although I've heard some of the, the newer companies, especially the tech companies, um, they have a hard time getting the technology skills, the programming skills they need in an employee on day one, because whatever was taught in the college is kind of outdated by the time they, they get to them. Yeah. They'd rather really just train them themselves. So, so I guess if, you know, if, if you can prove, you know, that you have the aptitude to be a programmer, um, I've heard they'll take you, you know, without a bachelor's degree, some of these tech companies. That really wouldn't surprise me, to be honest. I mean, technology is moving so fast and I mean, even my kids know how to work a tablet and a laptop way better than I do. You know, I, so yeah, that, that really doesn't surprise me one bit. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what happens to the percentage of, uh, of college um, graduates we see as a, as a percentage of the whole population in the future. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and again, I don't, I'm not really sure how this stat plays in, but they said that uh, just last year, the, the gender ratio changed. Um, really? Yeah, where college, um, college, active college students are 60% female now. Wow. So, uh, so I think maybe some of the males are figuring out, you know, that they can go become a plumber and make more money and yeah, and on the job that. training, getting paid while you're doing it. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So, um, let's see, you mentioned in your bio, how your uh, woodworking helps with your PTSD that you mm -hmm. got in the military. Can I talk about that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, my, the tours that I did, I was in the infantry, uh, and the tours weren't necessarily the easiest. Um, my unit was actually covered by Laura Logan on 60 minutes, um, for when we were in Afghanistan. Uh, and we obviously saw things, did things that you would expect, uh, out of an infantry unit, but, um, you know, the, the biggest thing that any, you know, medical or, you know, any person that you talk to when it comes to PTSD is, you know, find something where you can focus and, you know, it kind of draws your mind from it. And, uh, woodworking has really done that for me. And that's one of the big reasons is that I don't like to do plans when I make stuff for people, because I like to look at just a blank pile of lumber and figure out in my head how I'm going to work it and put it together and make the piece that they want. Um, instead of, you know, drawing it out on a piece of paper and saying, I need 10 of these, 11 of these. 
Right. So w- were you a Lego builder as a kid? No, no, I was not actually. Now, um, did you build anything like, uh, I, I don't know what else, uh, Tinker Toys, Rector Sets? You know? <laughs> a little bit, yeah. So my grandfather was a carpenter and a cabinet maker by trade. Uh, so when we would go visit their house, uh, he had a shop in the basement. We'd always want to go down there and, you know, build bird houses and stuff like that. And he'd make the big cuts for us and stuff. But uh, it really kind of started the the groundwork for, you know, my enjoyment of, of doing woodwork. Yeah. Uh, fast forward to my senior year in high school, and I had worked through all my needed credits to where I only had to take uh, technically one mandatory class throughout the day. So out of eight hours of school, seven of those were in the wood shop. Oh, I, cool. I worked, you know, I was a TA and I went to be the wood shop's TA and study hall, but they let me go to the wood shop. I had art across the hall, but that art teacher let me be in the shop. And, um, <laughs> so, I mean, I was just always trying to build stuff. Um, you know, a year after that, I was in the army and I kind of forgot everything. I was like, man, this is, this is what I need to be doing. You know, I'm in the army. This is my life. I don't have time for anything else. Um, and everything really just kind of fell to the wayside uh, until about 2015, my wife was pregnant with our son and she asked me to make something that she found on Pinterest, you know, like a palette thing or something. I was like, All right, I'll give it a shot. And from there it just reignited. Um, you know, I, I just, wanted to you know stay busy making things as much as i could that's cool yeah i i and there's something about creating things i don't know if it's for everybody mm-hmm. maybe a certain personality types but i'm, I'm a creator myself <clears throat> i'm not handy at all so i can't build what you build but i'll build websites you know i built out this podcast awesome. i mean i just like to build um even a system that works and multiple mm-hmm. people can use it and and i know i built it it just kind of feels good like i i'm i like to create things from scratch i'm not much of a maintainer like i, I get kind of bored after i built it and i'll let somebody else get <laughs> it after. But yep even if it's a program a marketing program or something it's it's cool to put it together and build it from scratch but yeah, afterwards mm-hmm. like, yeah let somebody else run it yeah <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Oh, oh, and I've been I've been wondering about Milwaukee Tools. Did you ever uh, get that sponsorship? <laughs> uh, I wouldn't call it a sponsorship, but yeah, they have been beyond gracious. Um, okay, good. The the contact that I have there has just been absolutely phenomenal. Um, I actually asked today. Uh, I'm possibly looking at getting into a shop finally. Um, and I asked them today if maybe they would be interested in, you know, uh, hooking me up with basically a new shop of tools. Mm -hmm. And he said, you know, I can't make any promises on something that large of a scale, but let me do what I can. Um, so, you know, that's, that's very up in the air right now. I don't care if he just gets me a t-shirt, I'll still be appreciative, but they have been beyond, uh, gracious throughout this entire process. Yeah. Well, I mean, you have an audience that have become fans of yours. I'm one of them. And, you you know, they, they, it's exactly, it's it's exactly who, who they want as their audience too. So it works out Mm -hmm. well for them to, to be your sponsor. And uh, Mm 
mm-hmm. I, I hope they they fill out that shop for you the way you want and uh yeah just keep producing content and you know keep your audience uh you know satisfied and it'll it'll mm-hmm. grow and and the bigger your audience the more sponsorships you'll have coming your way yeah true yeah um, I, I mean, know, I have yet to get a hundred thousand likes on anything ever I've ever posted. So you're ahead of you're yeah. ahead of me. I'm hoping to be like you when I grow well, up. <laughs> well, it's certainly dropped off since then. I'm lucky to get like a hundred or you know. But you know, one of the big things that uh, you know, thinking about a sponsorship is, you know, I don't want to be that guy like I see in all those videos that are like, oh, I went to my Milwaukee table saw and cut this. You know, like that's such a cheese ball, like sponsorship plug where it's like, you know, I want to be using my router on some hardwoods and be like, yeah, that Milwaukee router made light work of this. It was amazing. You know, like actually talking about the product. And, but anyway, I, yeah, yeah, I know, I know what you mean. The, the pandering type of a, a, a comment is just like, come on. Right. Well, and plus obviously they make good quality tools. So you don't mind putting your name, you know, next Mm -hmm. to them where, yeah, so some of these internet celebrities, they'll just like promote anybody's stuff that'll pay them. You know? <laughs> right. They don't, they don't care if it's good or not. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. I know of a few. I, I used to follow quite a few of those. Yeah, yeah. So, um, all right. So, like I said, the uh, the GPS audience is uh, in their late teens, early 20s. We like to give them some advice. I always ask my my guests you know, what is it you've learned about career and life thus far that you wish you knew when you were younger? And uh, I know you had a couple of thoughts on that. Yeah. So the biggest thing that I could say is to not, uh, not believe what the societal norms are, you know, just college. Yes. It can be beneficial if you have a passion for something, buddy, I'm in the middle of something. You gotta wait. Um, you know, if you have a passion for something that's going to require it, you know, uh, if you want to be a business manager, if you want to, uh, you know, focus on whatever, absolutely take that, that step into college. But if you're, if you have an interest in welding, if you have an interest in, you know, plumbing, whatever, there's no shame in any of the trades. And that's I, to me being busy all day, every day, rather than, uh, you know, putting together quotes for a customer who, you know, wants this or that, I couldn't be happier. And I think, you know, just being busy all day long is the ticket for me. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, we've got some beautiful neighborhoods here in Frisco, Texas, just north of Dallas. And, you know, these big 3,000, 4,000 square foot homes with, you know, like kind of a rock you know, facing on them and they just look gorgeous mm-hmm. and right, right in the driveway every night, you know, is a landscaping guy's truck or a plumber's van or, you know, yep. I mean, they own those houses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Probably got a pool in the back. You know I mean? They're, yep. they're, they're living the dream. I mean, they, and, yep. and I, I just know for a fact from, you know, working in the corporate, corporate cubicle world, like I did, um, you know, the money's decent, but but rarely does it give you the opportunity to, to, to really like hit a home run financially. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know, one of the things that I like to think of too is, you know, like you said, the money's decent. It's, you know, I thought it was awesome when I worked for one of the companies I did in sales where I got my own office. You know, it was like, I went from the cubicle to the office and I was like, man, this is amazing. 
<laughs> but I was still staring at the same computer. I was still writing the same quotes. I, you know, and just being out and having a different task every day, that's been phenomenal for me. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I'm really happy for you. So uh, you, you mentioned that you have a nonprofit that you'd like to talk about a little bit, right? Yep. So I am involved with a national nonprofit called Irreverent Warriors. Uh, our mission is to bring veterans together using humor and camaraderie to improve mental health and prevent veteran suicide. Uh, when I stumbled across Irreverent Warriors, uh, the word suicide awareness is everywhere. You know, there's thousands of nonprofits focused on awareness. You know, nobody's doing anything about prevention. And that's where Irreverent Warriors really kind of piqued my interest. And what we do is in as many major cities as we can, we put on what we call Silkies hikes. Uh, for those who don't know, Silkies are the short shorts the Marine wear, Marines wear for exercise, for physical training. Um, the Army, we call them Ranger panties. So all we do is we get together, we hike in the major cities. If you want, you can just leave it there. Thank you. Uh, we hike in the major cities, and it's it's about just getting together with other veterans local to your area, connecting, networking, sharing stories should you choose you want to. Uh, and realizing that you're not alone in the the real world outside of the military. That's great. And do you know the web address for that organization? Yep. www.irreverentwarriors.com. Okay. Uh, there's also local Facebook groups all over. Uh, so the group that I am in charge of is IW Milwaukee. Uh, we have Iowa, Chicago, you name it. Okay, very good. Yeah, so I'll make sure as I type up the show notes that I put a link, a clickable link into uh, the, the, the notes so that they can easily get there. Great, thank you. Yeah, and then uh, before I ask you for all of your other contact info on how people can find you, any other final thoughts you want to include? Uh, you know, I just wanted to say thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Uh, and I, I sincerely hope that whoever listens to this really uh, puts a lot of thought into, you know, following what they feel is best for them when it comes to what they want to do when they grow up sort of thing. Um, you know, you, you don't have to be a banker if you don't want to be. Mm -hmm. That's great. Yeah. I, you know, I really wish that I would have seen your post back when I was thinking about leaving my corporate job because I, I, I had a very negative self image at the time. I felt like a quitter um, you know, I didn't, I didn't have a positive angle at all on what I was doing. All I knew is I couldn't do it anymore. Mm -hmm. so if there's anybody else out there that feels stuck in their job and they're miserable and they're tired of being miserable. Um, yeah, it's, 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 there's no, no shame in making a change, you know I mean? Do, right. Do what makes you happy, you know, make sure your family is still taken care of, but, um, mm -hmm. yeah, just, just go for it. Make, make the change. Yep. Absolutely. I mean, there's people with, you know, remote control car stores there. I mean, if you feel like you could have a market on it, you probably could. Yeah. Yeah. And even in, in the world of uh, YouTube and podcasting and there's people making good money talking about their hobbies and things they mm -hmm. love and they, and they've got a hundred thousand people following them that all love the same thing. They love to hear them talk about it. And <clears throat> 
So yeah, there's definitely ways these days to make money with your passion. You don't have Absolutely. to live a passionless life. Absolutely. All right, man. Well, you, you've given a lot of good wisdom to the audience today. I really appreciate that. Um, let Thank them know you. how they can find you and look you up if they want to uh, ask you some questions or maybe even buy some of your, your furniture and such. Absolutely. So on all socials, I am at DZ Woodworking. So facebook.com slash DZ Woodworking. Uh, and then at DZ Woodworking for everything else. Danny Zintek, obviously, on LinkedIn. Um, and I have an Etsy page, but it's very, very outdated. So. All right. And you have a website coming, I think, right? Uh, it's in the works. I have been uh, speaking with a company actually uh, about doing it and doing some marketing with them and stuff like that. I am actually just kind of saving up to uh, make that all happen. All right. Well, I'm sure that once you get that done, they'll be able to find that domain dot uh, com domain on your mm -hmm. Facebook page and every, everywhere else that you, you already exist. Yep. Knock on wood, it'll be dzwoodworking.com. But, you know, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully nobody, uh, you know, goes and takes it now and forces me to buy it from them or whatever. But <laughs> I'll figure something else out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, I got, I got to love that knock on wood pun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had love to do it. Um, had to put it in there. Yeah, I love it. All right, man. Well, I really, like I said, I really appreciate your time. Uh, I Likewise, like interacting with you more. And maybe we can do this again another year and to see where we both are. And uh, yeah, absolutely. But uh, yeah, you're you're uh, you're you're, you're in the first uh, ten episodes for sure of this show. So hopefully, a year Great. from now, we'll have over a hundred, and you know, we'll both have some new stories to tell. Awesome. I appreciate it, and I look forward to it. All right, man. Have a great night. Thanks. You too. Yeah, bye. That is all we have for you today. Whenever you feel lost, we'll be here to show you the way. Big thank you to Rockstars of Tomorrow in Frisco, Texas for the use of their state-of-the-art recording studio and for supporting our cause. Leave a review on your favorite podcast player or go to thegpsshow.com to be notified of every new episode.